people say, how can you rehearse improv or take classes? But we have certain skill sets we develop as we study. So it's the unintended humor of everyday life that comes alive in improv, I think. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast know that I love improv. And I try to make it a way of life every single day. You also know that I 100% believe with all my heart that improv is a valuable leadership technique. However, today you're going to learn how improv is used in the medical world. There's an article titled Improv for Scientists, Accountants, Lawyers, and Doctors and You from June 12, 2014 that can be found on ideas.ted.com. There's another article titled, No Joke, The Serious Role of Improv in Medicine, from January 13, 2020, on aamc.org. Now, my guest today is Margot Escott, who is a clinical social worker and licensed therapist who resides in sunny Naples, Florida. She's also a professional speaker, and for over 30 years, she has presented workshops and seminars on the therapeutic value of humor, and play. And she has studied and performed improv and was trained by some very well-known improvisers like Gary Schwartz and a friend of the show, Mr. Jay Suko. In her practice, she uses improvisational theater exercise combined with cognitive behavior education to assist people suffering from anxiety disorders, Parkinson's, and those in recovery from addictions. She offers a wide range of wellness through improv classes and workshops privately and at the Naples Player Sugram Community Theater. Margo also hosts a podcast titled Improv Interviews that can be found on Apple Podcasts and many other podcast platforms. If you'd like to contact Margo, her website is www.margoescott, that's M-A-R-G-O-T-E-S-C-O, tt.com and her email is margoescott at mac.com before we get to the interview just a couple of housekeeping items this podcast is part of the c-suite radio network turning the volume up on business 
This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content, virtually or in person or on-site, that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders, a story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? Peter Margaritas, CPA and Certified Speaking Professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in-person and on-site at your location, or at an off-site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Now, let's get to the interview with Margot Escott. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Man, do I have a treat for you guys today. My guest today is Margot Escott, and you've heard a little bit about her in the introduction that I did. And Margot and I go back, I don't know, it's about, what, three weeks now? I think so. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. So we yeah. long time, great friends, last three weeks. Uh, but what I, I met Margot in a, a test drive on a virtual improv class. We connected after that. And I wanted her on the podcast because my favorite word is improv. But as I dug into her background, I became even more fascinated. And you guys are going to, this is going to love this episode. So first, Margo, thank you so very much for taking time out to be a guest on my podcast. Well, it's, I'm really happy to be here. And interestingly enough, I have a bunch of free time right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's in Naples, Florida, and I'm in Columbus, Ohio. And yes, we all have a lot of time uh, available. And, and as I told someone the other day, I'm trying to stay as busy as possible. If not, I'll start drinking at noon. And that's way <laughs> too early to start, you know? <laughs> well, actually, my days are pretty full. I can tell you more about that. But I am kind of working all day. So tell the audience, what do you, what do, you do? Well, I'm a clinical social worker, psychotherapist. Uh, for 36 years, I've been practicing in Naples, Florida. And you know the old joke, practicing like lawyers will get it right eventually. Eventually, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was trained at New York University and uh, several decades ago. And I was trained in kind of a traditional style, but over the years, I've developed a kind of an eclectic style. And I treat all kinds of people, but mostly anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder. And today, a lot of people are suffering traumatic incidents, thoughts. It's a shocking time for everybody. Yes, it is. It's a very shocking time. And, and but you have it. You kind of alluded to. You have a somewhat of a different approach. Can you explain your approach. Well, I include improvisational theater games into my work. Yay! So, yeah. So sometimes it's a single person. It might be a marital couple. It might be a family. So that 
having discovered improv and teaching it has given me just this incredible gift that I love to share with anybody I come in contact with. So, so how, how does improv help as it relates to anxiety, as it relates to uh, PTSD? Okay, well, some people say that improv is the new mindfulness. And improv, number one, puts us in the present moment. When we're playing a game, if we're focused on ourself, our body, our awareness of our partner, we're in the moment. Now, we get into our heads sometimes. That's a dangerous place for an improviser to get in their head. But we're in the moment. And I do a lot of exercises, maybe not traditional improv, but some spolen, like feeling self with self, spacewalk where you start to really sense your body and the space around you. And I also do mindfulness techniques in my classes. So uh, what type of techniques? Mindfulness. Well, first I I teach people the basic principle is to be here now without judgment. And that's very difficult to do. And then I'm also a trained hypnotherapist. So in addition to improv exercises, I might start with a induct, kind of like an induction. I could start with an induction into the getting in touch with your body. Okay. So I'll have them start at the top of their head. And I may or may not use some environmental sounds like a babbling brook or a forest in the background and invite people to start becoming aware of the top of the head, the forehead, the eyelids, the eyeballs. And go through the body and start to get awareness of the body. And go through the whole body. And that puts people in a relaxed frame of mind. And it puts them in the moment. And when I'm asking or inviting people to focus on your right thumb. Or focus on your left ankle. They're they're putting their awareness and their attention to that part of the body. So they're not as inclined to have those thoughts because it's thoughts that create anxiety when they're really paying attention to the body. Wow. Okay. So I, I understand the being present. And so what happens when, I mean, this happens to all of us, when we get in our head, when we start having that, those thoughts. What trigger mechanism do you, is there a trigger mechanism that, that someone who's in the midst of that can go, oh, I'm, I'm doing that again. I need to be present, be more thoughtful about what's happening right now, not be too far ahead, not be living back here, but just relax. Well, one of my important instructions is thoughts may come into your head and that's normal. You know, our, our thoughts and our brains are like Disneyland on acid, kind of. So with that in mind, thoughts are coming into our head all the time. So when you're closing your eyes and breathe and you're focusing on your breath and then focusing on body parts, if you have a thought, that's great. That's normal. Just be aware of the thought and come back to the breath. Everything's based on the breathing, breathing in, breathing out. I know I'm breathing in. I know I'm breathing out. Interesting. Fascinating. And, and tying this into the fun world of improv. I mean, so when you introduce this to someone new, a new client, 
what kind of response do you get from them? It's like, what? I'm not here to be funny. You're trying to teach me how to be funny? Well, I used to, I've been teaching the he- healing power of humor and laughter for 30 years. Okay. So they already know I haven't been, I bring humor into, into therapy. Okay. I mean, cool. not, not all the time. I mean, if there's a severe grief issue or something, but for the most part, my clients leave laughing or smiling. It's kind of <laughs> like a good improv show. Yeah. Uh, but we take their, I take their issues seriously, of course. So some people just love it and want to do more. And some people don't. Okay. Um, you know, some people... Some people come from a religion that thinks that mindfulness and meditation is the devil's work, perhaps. People come from all kinds of diverse, especially here in Naples, where people from all over have come to retire, mostly from Columbus, uh, but uh, they come (laughs) from all over to retire. Yeah, a lot of Ohio ones are down down in Naples. Oh, absolutely. So... You know, if they don't want it, but I often start with something like one word story. I love that. I love that game. I do too. And then if I have more people, I will, uh, like a family, I'll use the story spine. I have laminated the story spine sentences. So I'll hand each person a part of the story spine. I haven't heard that one before. So that's interesting. Uh, well, you know, story spine is the, the lines are once upon a time. Mm-hmm. So once upon a time is on a piece of paper laminated. Okay. Once upon a time and every day, but one day, because of that, because of that, (laughs) (laughs) I don't have it for me. Because of that, because of that, and, uh, but one day, I guess it's but one day, and ever since then is the end. Okay. Okay, cool. So we're recording this on April 3rd. 2020, uh, Florida has now gone to stay at home, shelter at home. Ohio's been shelter at home. Uh, and are you teaching, how are you teaching improv right now? Because obviously, well, I guess you're having, you mean you're having discussion with your clients via Zoom or some other mechanism. Right. But I went to your website and you have these, uh, um, you offer improv classes. Correct. So how are you doing the improv uh, um, without being able to have people in your house or your, or your office? Well, I put out a message on Facebook and also the Applied Improv Network that I was hosting free anxiety improv classes or improv for anxiety classes yeah. uh, for a six-week course. And through those two venues, and I also had some client lists I drew on MailChimp, but it was basically the Applied Improv Network brought in a lot of people, as well as some of my Facebook postings. So I have a Tuesday at 1.30 class. And that one, it's really funny about that one because there's a woman named Mary. And Mary used to teach improv at the Senior Center in Culver City, California. So she had a lot of improv friends. So she enlisted all of these friends of hers. So there's, there's 12 people in the Tuesday, 1.30 Eastern Time group. But I call it Mary's group because 10 of the players <laughs> are Mary's friends. And then there's two other people in it. And then uh, I also have an improv for therapists class 
on Thursday at 1.30, and then Thursday night do another improv and anxiety class. So uh, it worked out well. I've, I've just gone through my first, cla- first week of classes. Okay. I've just gone through my first week of classes, and I receive such positive notes from people. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. And what I've done with my, two, with my Mary group, because so many people are, have been doing improv for a while, I'm inviting them to get in touch with me and tell me what games they'd like to teach. Okay. So it's not just me. It's a collaborative event. And in my Thursday night class, there are some really experienced people who've been doing improv a long, long time. And I've invited them as well to help teach the classes. So I, I think by doing it collaboratively, it's just going to work out spectacularly. That's awesome. To, to, to use a lot of uh, adverbs or adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> and then I co-teach a class for children with special needs. Um, some of them are on the autism spectrum. Some have other uh, neuro-challenging issues. And uh, we have a small group. I've been, I've been doing that class in live format for about three years. And we're transitioning well with them. So... You're doing all these online, all these yes. virtually right now, and you're you're using Zoom as uh, your platform. Yes. Wow. So we a mutual friend of ours, Mr. Jay Suko, and, yes. and and um, came up with. I guess they were working at Second City L.A. trying to figure out how to offer these courses uh, through. I think it was um, Hangouts, Google Hangouts, right, and. I had interviewed him on my podcast and he said, do you think Zoom would do well with you know, a virtual improv class? And I said, virtual improv? How does that work? And after I did some research and, and got to become better understanding Zoom and the use of breakout rooms, we, we did that. And I guess it's been three weeks ago and amazingly it worked wonderfully. So, so you're using that. Actually, I did a beta test with the group and Last Friday, they loved it. We're actually meeting again this Friday to introduce some new games. And I've offered up my services uh, uh, to some nonprofits and stuff just for that hour to get away. And I call the virtual improv class dressed above the waist virtual improv class <laughs> workshop. Hey, are there openings in that class? Absolutely. Uh, what are you doing today at? Uh, three o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Oh, I've got a patient today at three okay. o'clock. Darn I will, it! I will send if we do it next Friday. I will send uh, the an invite to you as well. But you know what? I could change her time, and she's very flexible. Send me the invite for today, please. Okay, absolutely. So, the audience, you're pretty much at full bandwidth with these three improv classes. Yeah. So, oh, there's a fourth class I forgot. Oh. I've been <laughs> I've been teaching improv for people with Parkinson's, MS, and other disorders, and their care partners. I've been teaching live groups for over three years. Um, I thought I was unique until I found out Second City had done a project about a year before me. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm starting their group up online this weekend, and their their care partners are going to be the ones that probably will be handling the, the tech part mm-hmm. of it. 
And I'm just praying that everybody can get on and have fun. And also because we all know each other, some of us, some of my members have been with me for three years. So it's just getting together again, seeing each other, and I'll see how playing the games works. But I have people interested in it too. So, oh, cool! I, I think I think it's a, a wonderful way. It's forced us to think: how can we do this online? Because now it opens up to a much broader audience. And what I found is that that day that uh, we did it with Jay, the initial one, uh, I had so much fun. I, I and I, I left every all my troubles behind. And when we were done. I walked upstairs and we had Governor DeWine who holds his uh, press conference and he just announced we had our first death here in Ohio. And I went, oh my God, I, I, I almost forgot <laughs> what was going on outside right. uh, of that hour space. And, and I looked back and I said, that hour space was so important that that's why I'm, I'm trying to get mine up and offering up to organizations and stuff right now as, as an opportunity. I'm not charging anything. They're free. They provide their people just somewhere to, one, escape, two, have fun, and three, learn something. Exactly. And I have been, I, I guess I'm an improv addict. Once I st- when I took my first improv class, I immediately saw the therapeutic value right off the bat. So and where was that? I meant to ask you that question. Where did you start? When, when, where were you when you took your first improv? Well, class? right after I had my brain aneurysm repair. All right. Somebody. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay. Oh, it wasn't on my resume, huh? <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see it anywhere on your website. Come on. <laughs> so I had a brain aneurysm and it was, I was lucky to have a great surgeon. They removed it. Um, actually, I have a funny story about it. My husband and brother were waiting in the waiting room and I was supposed to be done at 1130, 12.30 came around, 1.30 came around. And finally, like three hours later, the doctor and the anesthesiologist came into the room and my brother thought to himself, this is not good. Two doctors coming in. And the doctor said, I'm so sorry to tell you this. Now, Margo can move her extremities right now, but we don't know if she'll ever have speech or memory again. And my brother said, too bad about the memory. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So so while I was recovering, it was a 30-day recovery, and I think I got most of it back. Mm -hmm. Uh, A friend of mine said, who was very involved in community theater down in Naples, and she said, um, I think you'd like to take an acting class, Margo. I think that would be fun for you. And I, I signed up in a little town called Bonita Springs, just north mm-hmm. of here. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be an improv class. And my teacher was a gentleman named Craig Price, who had studied back way back when with Del Close in Second City oh, and wow. was in sports comedy and had an extensive background. And I was hooked. And he had this... Like kind of like Jay, this charismatic personality, yeah. positive energy just oozing out. And I was hooked. So I started studying with him. And by the first year I was teaching, he was very generous, mm-hmm. thought I could do it. So I was teaching up in Benita Springs. Um, I was in a, a, an ensemble for a while. And then I started out on my own. And, uh, and then I and then my friend Craig moved to a different theater. I went down there for a while and taught there. And now my, 
My company's called Improv Four Number Four Wellness. Yes, that is so cool. So you immediately fell in love and saw the therapeutic value of improv and began to apply it almost immediately. So I became so excited and so interested. I started going to all these improv festivals and workshops. And the first year, I started classes in February. And that summer was the Sarasota Improv Festival down in Sarasota. Mm -hmm. And the lovely Will Lura was running the festival then. And there were improvisers from all over. I met Stacy Smith, people from SAC, people from all over. And Stacey Smith and some other folks also came down to Naples and did workshops for us. So it was wonderful. I went to New York City about my third year in to go to the DCM Festival. And that was really exciting, tremendously. Uh, Del Close Marathon. And Amy Poehler was there that year (laughs) and a lot of other wonderful people. Uh, I traveled to Chicago and took classes with Jimmy Corain and then Jimmy Corain at a place down here. And so he gave a lot of workshops here. Uh, I've studied online with people like Dave Rosowski, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Schwartz. Wow. Uh, trying to think of who else. So when I can't get there, I've been working online. I've been working online with people for a while. So uh, you're a junkie. I like that. It, and now I, Jay, and now I'm being coached by Jay. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yes, I'm a junkie. Yes, you're a junkie. And, and I, I thought I was. Quite honestly, but I, I think you've got me beat by far. I, I've I got almost every improv book out there. I, I even <laughs> wrote one. Uh, but uh, I oh, which one did you write? It's called Improv is No Joke. And oh, when you, when you send I'm me, going on Amazon right away. I was going to say if you did, if you send me, I can I can mail one to you. Sign sure. Okay. Sign. Be happy to do that. I, I do want you to tell the story. It's about Viola Spowen. Do you know the story, the history of, well, I assume you do as much as you know, yes, about, yes. about how really improv started? Because I think people don't really understand. It was never meant to be comedy at first. Exactly. And this is what I love to share with people, whether they want to hear it or not. The first <laughs> class, I bring in Viola's book, The Improv Bible, Improvisation Games for Theater. I think I have it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we all have it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. I have other books of hers. For example, I've been using uh, the director's handbook is a great one. And theater games for the lone actor. I mean, it's just wonderful. And she has those little cards. You can get the cards with the um, lessons on them. Mm-hmm. So this is what I love about it. Jane Adams is considered the mother of social work. And in the late 1800s, she founded Hall House to help immigrants and other people coming into this country, to help them adapt to the culture and to learn languages. And uh, several years after she started Hall House, she brought the great sociologist slash social worker, Neva Boyd, to Hall House. And Neva Boyd was a wonderful, brilliant woman who had studied folk games and fairy tales from all over the world. And so she started incorporating some of those fairy tales and games that she had learned. And Neva Boyd is considered the mother of recreational therapy and, and just recreation okay. for development recreation. So Neva Boyd had a friend that she liked a lot. And her, her, is this too much? 
No, please keep going. Oh, okay. And Neva Boyd, <laughs> and Neva Boyd, the mother of games, had a friend named Viola Spolin. And she invited Viola to come to Chicago to Hull House to work with these immigrant children, families, to help them, again, get used to the culture, feel more comfortable. And so while there, it was the blend of Neva Boyd's work and Viola's theater work that came into this wonderful book called Improvisational for Games for the Theater by Viola Spolin. Uh, both Neva and Viola later went to the WPA for our younger listeners at the Work Project Administration that was going on during uh, the Depression. And they collaborated and they were lovely. And so then, um, so the mother of social work met the mother of games, who was friends with the mother of improv. So as a social worker, I trained as a social worker, I feel even more connected. Uh, maybe that's narcissistic, but I feel so connected to that whole chain of events. And of course, Viola's son, Paul Sills, went on to work with The Compass and then Second City. Right. So, and, and and Viola Spolin, the mother, like I said, the, the mother of improv, but it was never meant initially. It was a way to oh, help no. immigrant kids to assimilate into right uh, the their their surroundings into this country, and from that, and to love the story. I, I Jay has told the story a couple of times, but I you went into better, more depth and detail because uh, bringing in all those three pieces. And that's why I try to explain, not as well as you just did, but I'm I'm going to memorize what you've said for the most part, and to get people to understand this is not about being funny. Uh, this is this is a way of life. Um, and when I had my big aha moment twenty some odd years ago, I realized yeah, you, those who can improvise and improvise well, they can be, they are funny, but that's not the main goal. Uh, and I, and I I can imagine with with your clientele, the deferment of judgment has to be probably the hardest thing they do, or to get accustomed to. Absolutely, people with anxiety mainly are judging themselves. They're having thoughts that are self judgmental. So I also use what's called cognitive behavioral therapy in my classes as well. I give handouts. I give homework. I'm really an old school marm, I guess, in another <laughs> life. Uh, maybe back on the prairie days, I can see myself doing that. So, yes, very, very difficult. And I love what Eleanor Roosevelt said. She said, yesterday is history. Tomorrow's but a mystery. That's why the present is a gift. So, and improv is all about staying in the present. So by helping people stay in the present, that can quell some of that anxiety. Some people have a, a greater sense of anxiety. You know, since 2016, our whole country, well, not our whole country, but a lot of the country was suffering from post-Trumpatic disorder. Yeah. Yes. Stress disorder. Yeah. So there's been a huge increase in anxiety. Right, and, and and I shared with you at the beginning that my son suffers from some anxiety, and I, I and there's times there's some triggers that send it worse, and there's there's ways that he's learned how to make make it better. But I think if there's not a more 
a period of time than right now, what we're going through in this country today and around the world, that we all need a good improv class. Uh, and I don't think, Jay says that he's, he didn't come up with this, but I, 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 use, I say, well, according to Jay Suko, this is his quote, if everyone would take just one improv class, the world would be so much easier. Oh, yes. In my anxiety classes, I do an evaluation. It's called a general anxiety disorder test. Mm -hmm. It's a short test. I do it when the classes start. And with all of my life classes, there was such a decrease in levels of worrisome thoughts and stress just with a six-week class. And I'm attempting to do that with my online classes. We'll see how that goes. So I'll have a little bit of not completely research. It's not all the bells and whistles you need to do a complete research project in. But uh, my friend, Dr. Kristen Kruger has done research. <laughs> Kristen Kruger is a psychologist in, Chica in Chicago, and she's also uh, an uh, improv player, part of an improv team. Wow. The therapy players, they're all therapists. So, <laughs> you know, the idea for research is wonderful for me as well, because some people will go, you know, I've been, for several years, I was offering classes everywhere, you know, the nursing homes, uh, different places, and, and they didn't understand. And I, maybe I didn't give a, a good enough explanation of what it was for them to really take the risk and try it. Right. It's, it is taking a risk. And, and, and I, I applaud you for doing that. Actually, um, I, I told Jay that I've never been in an ensemble. I've never been on stage. I've, I've studied it from a business perspective, and I've always had that, that approach to it. And he said, you really should be on stage. And, and if you could ever make time in your schedule to do that. And I said, yeah. I said, at my age, I'd be doing the assisted living tour improv. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea. It is, but I, I think it's I think it's admirable that that you that you have done this and that you've included it into your practice. And and I I don't think my audience really understands the passion. I'm just being sarcastic here because you come across very passionate about this, which I, which I absolutely love. You, you you drink from the from the same glass, and it's just how to it's just getting the information out to others about the real power and beauty of. Improv, improvisation, applied improvisation, however you want to package it up. But it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's an awesome thing. And, you know, I work with young people as young as four and five and people in their 80s. Oh, really? So when you made that joke about the ALF tour, yeah. uh, maybe we could just put a team together because I qualify for the ALF tour. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's the thing about improv is it's, it could be very funny, but it's the the funniness and the truth of reality. It's not about making jokes. I believe jokes are the lowest form of humor, actually. And uh, when, for years when I was teaching humor and playfulness, that was exactly what I said. But um, the idea that when we're just talking to each other and maybe with a little bit of skills behind in terms of people say, how can you rehearse improv or take classes? But we have certain skill sets we develop as we study. So it's the unintended humor of everyday life that comes alive in improv, I think. And yes. And I think I think improvisers see things that others don't. But when we're present and we see the landscape and we, we see the ability to do it to adapt or to, to bring in or or I think I, I, I see that what I what I'm working with 
Jay and, and, and workshops and, and things like that, where I see the other people don't, don't see that same thing. It's, it's, and it, I think it really has to do being present and really understanding your surroundings that, that, that you're with. So I, 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 I can't go out, can't not let you go without you telling us about it. You also do something else, similar to what we're doing right now with a microphone. Oh, <laughs> I started a podcast about three and a half years ago, and I have over 100 hours. I'm not sure how many guests. Uh, Stacy Smith was one of our first guests, and it's called uh, Improv Interviews, a very, <laughs> what a pithy title, huh? <laughs> Improv Interviews, and I have interviewed people like Michael Golding, who is a complete expert in David Shepard because he was mentored by David Shepard, and I always like to mention David Shepard because He's very important to our history as well. I've interviewed people like Jay Suko, and mm-hmm. I actually interviewed Ed Asner, who <laughs> doesn't like to admit he started an improv, but he did. <laughs> uh, but he's a great actor. And I've had wonderful guests, uh, Craig and Carla Kakowski, uh, Jane Morris. I don't know if you're familiar with some of those names, but just wonderful people. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's on my website, margoescott.com. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize this at the time when, when we met and went to look for your podcast and I'd, I'd already had it in my library. I didn't recognize you because the picture, you don't ha- you're not wearing glasses. Right. Exactly. And, and, and I went, oh my, that's, yeah. And so I've been, I've had it in my, in my podcast uh, library and I've listened to some episodes. I'm going to start listening to more. And um, I, I just want to thank you for sharing all of this with my audience. And if you need, if you want to get a hold of her, she gave you, it's Margot Escott. It's with, she lives in Florida and it's Escott with two T's, not one like in Orlando. You're on social media. Facebook. Oh yeah. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. So it's M-A-R-G-O-T, the T silent. Follow her, find her, take classes from her, be a client of hers. <laughs> I mean, I think if you suffer from anxiety, then you should look up Margot and maybe you can go from pre-class at a very high anxiety level to post six weeks later having that under control. So thank you very much for your time, for your wisdom and your knowledge. And I told you my mom lives in Fort Myers. So when all this is all said and done and I get down to Florida to visit her, I'm letting you know and we're getting together. Absolutely. Thank you for this great opportunity. It was wonderful getting to know you better as well, Peter. Thank you so much. I want to thank Margot today for sharing her knowledge about how improv is a wonderful technique in dealing with addiction issues, anxiety disorders, Parkinson's, and many others. Isn't it about time you change your mindset about improv and spend some time learning the different applications and benefits of improv? I believe it is. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you download your podcast from. Also, please subscribe and share this episode with a friend. Now make today your very best day. Stay healthy and be safe.
Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.